0: Welcome to Bond for the Trades, a home service podcast, and I'm your host, Mandy Pala, and sitting next virtually to Shreya, my co-host. Hello. And and today we have one and only Dustin Van Armand from Any Hour Services. He's the president of business and a hundred million family-owned business in Utah, That has displayed unique industry-shaking leadership and cultural processes.
1: Join us as we dive deep into the world of home service entrepreneurship, interacting with industry leaders, coaches, and entrepreneurs about their experiences, challenges, and victories. Through their inspiring stories, we hope to equip our listeners with the tools and knowledge they need to succeed in the competitive home service industry. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, tune in to Born for the Trades podcast for invaluable insight and real-world inspiration.
0: Welcome, Dustin, to our show. Thank you, We're I'm excited to be
2: here and spend some time with you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. I know it was uh, nice meeting you in person at True Um, uh, And I think we should chat it like, you know, I think, uh, you know, many times there. Good to know you. Good to... Uh, know about your story. You were there on the stage and uh, you shared about your company, about your story. So it was, it was really good connecting uh, with you. Yeah, we, we love
2: attending the different events that are out there. Joe, he does such a good event, has a lot of great companies come in and to be able to network with other people in the industry and learn from each other. There's people need to invest in themselves and that's one great way you can get out and learn. And that's a good venue with Joe to be able to, to meet those people. So we encourage that all the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, Shreya, you had, you had a chance to speak with him too, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just realized that your team is so generous with going around and speaking, speaking in panels um, and all of that. So what what's the reason why you guys travel around and speak in panels?
2: That's a really good question. Uh, I think back to my experience here at Any Hour Services, I started uh, about 12 years ago. And the first week I joined Any Hour, Wyatt, the uh, principal owner here, he actually invited me to go on a little road trip. We jumped in a truck. And you got to remember, we were just little. We were about two, two and a half million in size is all. Wow. And and we jumped in a truck and we drove to Denver. And uh, we call it a good to great trip. So Wyatt, uh, one of his favorite books is the book Good to Great. uh, It's been one of the foundation books for our company. Uh, ri- written by Jim Collins. If you have opportunity to read that, I recommend it. So we jumped in the truck and we put on the book, Good to Great. We're listening to it as we drive. But we drove nine hours all the way to Denver. And we went and met with some different business owners there. We went and saw three different businesses. And I one of the things that stood out to me on that trip was their willingness to open their doors, let us in, tour us around, answer our questions. And I just remember thinking, is this normal? Did the people actually let you into their business and teach you? Um, it had a big impact on me, and we've always gone and visited businesses over the years, and we've always invited them to come visit us, and I just think the, the uh, we've been blessed and been very successful because of other people's generosity, and we want to be able to give back the same, whether that's having people come here to visit or us uh, being able to get on stage and share some of the things that we've discovered over the years. We love giving back.
1: Mm, so you're passing on what others have done for you guys Absolutely. that you equate some of your success to.
0: That's awesome. Absolutely, that is, and that
2: the is awesome. Is there for anyone that wants to come and learn what we're doing, we're, we're happy to share.
0: That is awesome. awesome. And does and Dustin, like I know, like you shared. Uh, uh, let's talk about like uh, if you want to share, like you know, when what was the year when you started with any hour, and how has the company changed since then?
2: Okay, so I started. It was July first, two thousand eleven almost 12 years ago. Um, again, the size was just a little over 2 million. I was the first of two technicians at the time. So there was just, I'm an, I'm an HVAC technician by trade. Oh, oh wow. I didn't wow. know that about you. Yep. And and we, we take pride in our business in looking for opportunity and talent in the people that work here and giving opportunity to advance in the business from within. Everybody here knows that if we can't find that talent, we'll look outside the business. But over 95% of our leadership team has come from the field Wow. Okay. which is pretty neat i think that that's something unique not just to us but it's pretty unique to a lot of companies um anyway so i came in and there was just two of us at the time doing heating and air conditioning and then we got three and then four and so on uh, but hvac was brand new to our company back then it had just been rolling for just a little while and so what have i done over the years i came in as an hvac technician worked really hard i remember uh Some of you might be able to relate to this, so you go out and you run your calls, and and, uh, back then we would diagnose the problem, give the customer repair options. If those didn't make sense, we'd give them replacement options. If they bought something, we'd stop everything, call dispatch, say I sold something, go to the supply house, get all the materials, go back and do all the installation then, and then call dispatch and say, okay, Oh, I'm ready for more. <laughs> it, right. It was, kind of, right. Yeah, it was kind of the wild west. We just, we did whatever it took to survive. And I know a lot of you're kind of doing the same thing where you're trying to build your business. You're working long hours and it's hard. Um, so I did that for the first little bit. Um, Wyatt actually asked me a couple of years into the my experience at Any Hour to help him develop the marketing program. So I came into the marketing program with NER when we were about $6 million in revenue and worked in marketing until we were about $18 million. Uh, those are still some of the beginning days where we're developing marketing campaigns. And this is funny, but this is back when we still did phone book and newspaper, right? Times have changed a lot. And I believe now that we're, you know, Wyatt always told me, he said, if you want to advance in the business, uh, your position needs to be filled by somebody that can do the position better than you. And now we have Mike Wilson. And I'm sure a lot of you have seen his uh marketing online, his podcasts, and social media and all the different stuff. Right. Oh, man, he, does, he does so much better in marketing than I ever did. But back when I was doing it, it was, you know, it was working. I, I did marketing until we were about 18 million. And then I was the HVAC sales manager from 18 million to 36 million. Wow. Team from,
0: okay. Yeah. I, I just want to ask you, like, sorry, sorry here, but I would like, uh, want to provide more value to the listeners. So 80 sure. to 36, like, you know, it's double, like what exactly, or what exactly you guys did differently to hit the double number? Like, you know, it is like totally double. What do you guys, exactly. You guys did.
2: What did we do exactly? I, I think it really comes down to your team that you build your company with. And this starts from clear back when we were 2 million. Um, in business, you've got an opportunity when you're building your team to seek out and develop great leaders. And the people you start with in the beginning of your building, your, your business structure may be the people you're with in the end. Uh, if you look at our business, for example, the team of managers that I started with 12 years ago are all still here, every single one of them. We haven't lost a single manager in our business for 13 years.
1: Wow. Wow. So,
2: yeah, just developing a business. But here's what I love. So Wyatt, when I first started with the business, he uh, he shared his vision and his passion with me. And Jeremy shared his business passion and vision with me. And over the years, it's not just Wyatt and Jeremy's vision anymore. It's all of our vision. Mm-hmm. We've helped to develop it, and it's evolved over time. And so, bringing people into your business, helping them find your vision, and then allowing them to share and contribute to the vision, so you grow together. And so the company today as we stand, I mean, we're well over 100 million at this one location here, uh, all organic, growth, with a shared vision of all the people that have come in and helped build this. Um, Right. So so how did we take it at that time from, you know, the 18 million in just a few years to 36 million? Well, we found great people. We surrounded ourselves. We gave, gave them the tools and the confidence to be successful. And we allowed them to be a part of the vision. We empower them. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, be a part of something
1: great. Yes. And I have a question because if you're developing technicians or people that have that grit in the field um, into being leaders, which is actually, it makes a lot more sense, if anything, for them to do all the jobs and work up to that position because they, they have an empathy of they know what it's like to be in those positions. They have actual experience with it, but how do you develop a technician into a leader at any hour?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, You will see talent in your people. That doesn't mean that they're ready to be a great manager, but you'll see people that engage, they influence people around them in positive ways. Um, They lift and build the culture everywhere they go. I mean, there's natural leaders in your business. So you got to pinpoint that talent by whatever means, and then you help them develop that talent. I think one of the biggest mistakes I've seen in business is somebody might get promoted to a management role, and they're the managers, right? They're just supposed to know what to do. They're supposed to know mm-hmm. how to do trainings and how to coach people. Like, But here's the reality. They don't. You saw some talent, and so you gave them a position, but now they need your help to develop into a leader. Just because they right. have a management title does not make yes. them a great leader. Right. Yes, that's oh.
1: perfect. That's exactly why I asked. Because ideally, I know that it, it's the ideal situation to graduate someone within the company like that. But the flaws that I've seen are exactly that. Is the support afterwards? Are you actually giving them managerial training? Are you supporting them and holding their hand through the way? Or are you just um, making them a manager and then putting all the, these KPIs on them and it, and then expecting them to exceed? right?
2: Exactly. If you don't help them develop, if there's not training in place for your managers to develop and become strong leaders, they're going to get discouraged. They're going to burn out and they're going to leave your
0: business. Leave your business for, for sure. And that's, that's true. When I was, when I was uh, watching you guys, like speaking on the stage at True Grid, you mentioned something and that is something, you know, I have written down and it's, it's, it's there in me. And and just correct me if like you know if i have to make that change i think you mentioned there if the culture is hurting you will stop growing right i think i think this is this is what exactly you mentioned so what part of like culture like you know uh, played a big big role while growing you know company from 2 million to 100 yeah well
2: and the thing is is you can have culture at any size um, we were worried over the years that the bigger we got our culture was going to suffer and struggle because we were just spread too thin. We've actually found the exact opposite, but maybe it was because we were conscious of that growth. And so we we discussed how do we keep the culture together. But what has happened from the time we were small, you know, in the beginning, I mentioned I, I came in here on, and I believe in the vision that was presented to me. But as we've grown, we've empowered our managers to continue to carry that vision to their departments. And so now here at Any Hour, I mean, we've got almost 400 people here just in Utah in our business. And we can't meet together in the same room every, every week. So we've had to divide up into department trainings. And so each of the department managers and the leaders in those teams need to have their own culture just a little bit. So we found that we have Mm -hmm. departmental culture and mm-hmm. it's great to see them have their own little tight knit groups. But then we also have, when we get together for some uh, some different activities and events throughout the year, we've got the company culture. Right. And so we've empowered the managers to build their teams and to uh, to be different than it was in the beginning. And that's okay. We've evolved, and now we see that our culture is stronger now than it's ever been. So would you exercise.
1: love it? Love it. Would you say that your high retention rates are a result of of your culture?
2: I think it's it's more than that. So in in retention, we do we have a really high rate. You know, we're in a college town, and so we expect to see some turnover with some of the college young people that are going through college, they'll come in for a few years and then leave. That's okay. Some retention is healthy, but we maintain with our business here right around 90% retention we have for years. That's and you, amazing. Yeah, well, well, you think about it, you you want to build your business bigger, better, stronger, but if you're always replacing people that have left. And never actually growing because all you're doing is replacing. You can't get mm. as a right. business. And so retention, if you ask any manager here what their number one responsibility as a manager, it is retention. Um, I remember well just to demonstrate or show you how important it is, is to us. Um, uh, this was just uh, oh funny, it was actually right before the true grid event uh when we came and you saw us there and we talked. Um, we were getting our presentation ready on, on Friday, right. you know. Mm-hmm. The, speech is coming and I've got all my, have all our stuff together and I was getting ready for that event and uh, I received news that one of our technicians had given notice. He was, he was going to leave us oh. and our people are valuable and important to us. So instead of preparing my presentation, even though that was important, uh, the priority changed a little bit and we changed our focus. We actually called this individual and we invited them and their spouse to come into the office. And we said, look, we we understand you've expressed interest in leaving, but let us talk to you for a little bit. And we proceeded to spend about seven hours with them. Instead of writing a presentation, we showed them around the business and we shared with them the vision again, because what had happened is they just lost sight of what their Mm. was here, what their opportunity was. And so we took them both around the business, we did a full tour, we shared with them where we want to go as a, as a team and how we can get there and how important that they are in that path. Okay, mm-hmm. so the next thing that happened after doing a tour is we took them to lunch. And if you know, our executive team, any of the leaders here, we actually had Wyatt, who he's he's the busiest guy I know, he showed up for lunch. And wow, boy, our operations manager showed up for lunch, and Ricky, our plumbing service manager, showed up for lunch, and I was there for lunch, and we invested our time mm-hmm. and our interest in this person to help them understand they're important to us, and I remember his comments uh, when we were done with this this day. Uh, he said, you know, I, I just figured that when I gave notice, you'd tell me, thanks for sharing. Good luck out there. Nice to know you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Nice. And he said, "I have never felt so appreciated and valued. I will be here for life."
0: Wow, that's that. That's a game changer. Like you know, someone is like you know leaving, and uh, and whatever you guys did, and uh, and Vieth, and you know all those like you know top A players like involved in retaining that that shows that you know you care, and you you have you have showed the vision again. That's that's phenomenal. Like so,
1: you would say a clear vision of the future and their part in it. Is an important factor in retention at a company?
2: It is. You know, some people think it's just money. Money is not the most important reason why people stay. Um, People want to be a part of something. They want to believe in what they're doing. They want to have a path where they know they can provide for their family. But they want to be a part of that vision and be engaged in something that has meaning. And so that's what you need to give to your people is something they can they can grasp hold of and make a part of their life journey as well. We only get to choose our career, you know, for a short time in this life. They want to be a part of something,
0: right? Right. A higher purpose, yeah. Mm -hmm. Higher higher purpose. And does it like, let's say for the small small companies, like, you know, home service uh, industry owners, those are like, you know, one million, two million, and they want to grow. And obviously they have to retain that that retention rate is like amazing. 90% is phenomenal. What what are the like you know a couple of things they can implement right away so that they can retain the, you know, tr- you know, people in trades for longer, if you want to share that with us?
2: You bet. Um, I think retention in your business starts with how you recruit. Uh, when people come here for a opportunity to work here we're going to take them on a recruiting experience not just a job interview if you sit them across the desk from me and i'm bald and i got a tie and i'm just i might come across a little bit intimidating so all they're signing up for is a job if all you do is an interview but if you bring people into your business and share with them your vision your direction what makes you a preferred place to work uh, when people come here, we never just sit across the desk from. Them. We'll actually take them on a tour of our whole facility. I, I joined the recruiting team this morning. We had about 15 people here for our, our hiring event. We have them every single day. And we have 15 to 20 people every day lining up to come and work here. Okay. Right. Um, because we've people have heard that this is an incredible place to work. And so when they get here, we'll help them understand what to expect. We'll tell them they're going to be here for an hour and a half and that's not normal for an interview right and so we're helping them understand what to expect we'll we'll take them around our entire business we'll show them our our, uh, our gym we'll show them our training room it's funny we we had a, all of our plumbers and electricians in a training this morning and Josh my our recruiting manager here he paraded this group of 15 20 people right down the center of training and he wow. saw him. when we when we take these people around and show them, we help them to understand. We, we say, look for a couple of things in this business, you know, because everybody wants to work for a great place. We want right. you to notice that the people you see in the business here today are happy because as they're walking around, they're going to see potentially hundreds of people. Right. They're right. Gonna see that They're engaged in where they work and they're happy. So we Josh created them right through our training. He saw them engaged in uh, it was a uh, some sort of technical training this morning. Um, okay. Then he took him down and showed him the gym. And then he took him and showed him the basketball court. And then he took him and showed him our $50 million uh, HVAC installation warehouse. And then he took him to our VMI and talked to him about our Tooth Fairy program. Uh, that's a whole fun story there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> what's that?
2: We <laughs> can come back to that if you want. But after taking him on this tour and them seeing the culture and the place where we work, he takes him back to his recruiting room puts on some Any Hour YouTube videos so they're not we're, – we're slowly brainwashing them. We just uh, – we, we don't really tell them that. But what we're doing is we're letting them see our parties and our events and our uh, our ride-along-for-the-day videos, and they're seeing what it's like to work at Any Hour. And while they're sitting there waiting and watching, we're taking them back one at a time and doing a one-on-one interview, right? We want to see how people go. But you you come to any of our hiring experiences, and there's not a single person there that doesn't want to work at Any Hour. They all want to be here. Right. And- Right. And that's what you want is people that aren't just there for a job. By the time they leave here, they want to be here for their entire career. Mm-hmm. Why? Because people want to work at a preferred company where the company does the cool stuff. Now, you can do cool stuff in your company, whether you're $2 million or $50 million. Uh, right. You're right. probably already doing it. But do you highlight the cool stuff your company does to the people that are coming in? Do you show them what it is or do you just sit them across the desk for an interview? If that's all you're doing, it's a mistake. So, love that. Right. Your question was about retention and recruiting, and there's there's two different types of retention. There's uh, proactive retention, which is all the little stuff you do day to day to make it a great experience, right? The rewards, right. And the contests, and the parties. That's your proactive retention, and then there's reactive retention, and that's what you do when somebody does give notice. That's what that other story I explained was was re we, we reacted when that individual said I'm leaving. We didn't want him to leave. So we reacted and we made sure he didn't leave. So
0: no amazing right. thanks thanks for sharing proactive retention and reactive retention. Like that yes. that's really that's really helpful. And it doesn't matter right any company size can implement these things. Oh so yeah. That's yeah that's that's great sharing. And you you just talked about like you know you just mentioned about story. So to the listeners, I know I was there. And I, and I got goosebumps right there when I was like, you know, watching you on the stage, listening to you. And can you tell us about your near death experience? Sure.
2: Um, You know, it's funny because you heard that story on stage. That's the first time I've ever shared it in public. This is the second time. So I usually uh, only share this story when people come in my office and we're, and we're having a visit because, uh, well, I'll tell you why afterwards, but yeah, I'll get into that story for you. So Christmas Eve, 1997, um, I was just a uh, young man. I was about 20 years old then. Uh, we had this brilliant, they, they say you don't develop your adult brain until you're 25. Have you ever heard that before?
1: Mm-hmm. Frontal so lobe.
2: Yeah, I still did not have my adult brain because we thought it would be really fun <laughs> to, uh, to. Uh, well, I back then I really liked to do duck hunting. and. Mm. We went out driving around and and we saw that all the ducks were out in the middle of the lake in open water but to get to the open water where the ducks were you had to cross the frozen water. And so we knew there'd be a chance we could fall through the lake and so we planned ahead. We thought it would be brilliant if we put on our fishing waders and our fishing tube and uh, we had to look ridiculous cuz we strapped our fishing tubes on with suspenders. And we must have looked like clowns waddling out on the lake to go and try and get close <laughs> to these ducks where we could have some some fun together. Anyway, we got out there, and this is one of those days. And, uh Mandy, if you might not understand this because uh, you're, you're in Florida, but it was so <laughs> cold that day. Uh, it was so bitter cold that we got out there to where the ducks were, and we were just absolutely miserable. And we decided we didn't want to stay because the fun wasn't there. And so we packed up our stuff, and we were walking back towards we, where we'd parked the the truck. And it was a it was a pretty significant walk. We were probably about a mile away from where our trucks were parked. Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: And, and,
2: and
1: what was frozen the temp- lake?
0: What was the yeah. temperature temperature wise? Like what is? Oh, it like? we, were, we were
2: probably below zero. It was freezing. It was really cold, cold and windy, and just super super uncomfortable. So we had to you know we planned ahead we had these tubes on and uh, we were smart remember a teenage brain still right <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was a life-changing experience and uh, we'll we'll tell you why here so we're we're on our way back to the trucks and the one thing we knew could happen did happen we fell through the ice but our planning paid off we're floating up and down in our tubes and we got our waders on so we're dry right that was what happened first and our plan worked out great we scooted up onto the ice and got our butt back on the ice and went walking again towards the truck. And that mm-hmm. happened again, once or twice. And we're like, okay, well, you know, it's going slow progress, but we're making it. Until the thing happened next. Uh, what happened is, uh, we heard the ice cracking. We all fell in again. We were, you know, when, when you hear ice cracking, you spread out cause you want to spread the weight around you don't want to be close together. Right. So we spread out. So I was with my friend, Danny, who works here by the way, and my brother, Kevin, who works here, by the way? And wow, it's a great place. You want your family and friends to be around you, right? Nice. So these are people I that I have been my family and friends forever. So um, anyway, we all fell through the ice at the exact same time. And we were probably spread out 30 or 40 feet apart. And we went through the same process where we were working to get out on the ice to keep going. And everything was fine until I realized that the tube I was floating in was punctured by the ice and it had gone flat and I was slowly sinking and my brother and Danny they were both Kevin and Danny they were both working their way towards me and uh, there was still a pretty significant amount of ice between the three of us and I reached a point where I had one arm up on the ice shelf and I think I had my toe up on the ice shelf. Other than that I was about to go under and I remember yelling to my to Kevin and Danny I said Kevin Danny just stop for a second and I mean they were making a lot of noise breaking eyes I said just stop I need to talk to you for one second and I looked him in the eye and I said it's really serious what's going on now if you can't reach me soon I am gonna die that was a pretty profound moment in my life and wow. in there as you can imagine so I, I I have on the wall right here you can't really see it um, unless I turn the camera but on the wall there's a there's a gun hanging up there that mm-hmm. is the okay. gun that kevin used mm-hmm. to break the ice it's beat up and shattered and rusty wow. and, muddy, and it means so much more to be broken hanging on the wall there but they made it to me they used that gun as a sledgehammer and it looks like it right wow. they made it to me and then what happened is i sat there and floated with my brother and uh it was quite the experience i remember we were i was so cold at this point if you if you reach the point of hypothermia where your muscles are frozen yeah. you have zero muscle control I, there was no chance i could get out of the ice at this point point. and so my brother kevin he stayed with me and we floated together and at this point we're both up to our armpits in water and the we're not warm anymore we're, we're frozen solid and and uh, the other thing we did is I we brought a hammer just in case we needed an ice pick, right? Right. And so we helped Danny get closer to the ice shelf. And uh, I remember it was it's kind of funny to look back now, but I remember uh, Danny got up on the ice. I was praying at the time, you know, saying, you know, Father, help, uh, help Danny to get up on the ice. And he gets up on the ice and Kevin's right next to me. He says, he's on the ice, he's on the ice. And so I look up because I'm excited to see that Danny's on the ice and he immediately falls back in. Right. And so, uh, I start praying again. My Heavenly father help Danny get on the ice. And, and uh, Kevin, he's like, he's on the ice again. He's on the ice again. And I didn't look up this time. I just kept going like, Oh, please help him stay. On the- yeah. But, oh, no. but, uh, but he made it through. He got out of there. And, um, he was able to go for help, and I was pretty proud of Danny because it, it took a long time. I, that's the only grief I gave him was, man, dude, what took so long? But he was able to go for help, and I remember the next thing that happened, and, and we sat in this water, Kevin and I, for uh, between two and three hours. Two, three hours? It was. It felt like forever. And we both, I mean, we were still, you know, you talk about the power of mindset. Right. We were still... We were still positive. We were still cracking jokes. We were still trying to just keep each other going. And if you talk to any of the doctors that were there, they said we should have died, right? Right. But we were still staying positive. And I think that that had a big effect on us. But I remember sitting there in the water with the realization that this might be the end. I might be dead. And having to come to terms with it, that that might happen. Uh, what a what a life changing experience to realize that's how close you are to leaving this world. Um, uh, we better wrap up the story a little bit though, and I know we don't have tons of time. But uh, Danny went for help. Next thing I know, there's an airplane flying over, and I just remember you know talking about joking around. I remember they're flying over, waving at us. I'm like, why are they waving at us? Come get us! They were they were <laughs> flying over to see if we were even still alive. Uh, but the airplane flew back and forth a few times, and then the next thing we see is a cloud of snow coming towards us, and it's a hovercraft flyer cruising out there on the ice to try and pick us up. Um, it's funny, too, because the hovercraft gets out there, and the engine died. And when the engine dies, it can only hold the driver nobody else. And so they couldn't even pull us. We're just sitting there waiting for them, and they were mad at us because we're still joking, right?
0: But uh... <laughs> That's up to you so, guys. We got out on
2: the ice. They drug us back to the ambulance. We get to the shore and there's helicopters and fire trucks. Like he called in the forces. I was proud of Danny for that. But we got in the ambulance and they had the heaters going and they handed us a whole bunch of blankets after stripping all of our wet clothes off. So we're standing there naked and all we can think with this big bundle of blankets is to protect our privacy. And, uh, it was uh, quite the experience. Anyway, we made it back to the hospital. They put us under the heat lamps. They, uh, Sent us home later that day, but we had severe hypothermia and experts say we should have been dead. And, you know, you ask about what the impact that experience had on my life. Right. I tell you what, until you come that close to dying and realizing what we have in this life. I mean, you, you think about your family and friends and your business and your experience and just the influence you can have on the people around you. I, I, I don't want people to have to experience, but there's a part of me that wishes you could because it it changes you, yeah. when you come that close and you actually glimpse what death could be. And then you, you know, obviously survive and move on with your life. That's had a profound impact on me and who I've become over the years and my desire to influence and help and support people in their directions in life. So...
1: So, it really, had a big impact on your um perspective of the world. and you had it fuel you because the way you're telling the story is so positive. Like it's Florida. such a terrible. It's a sad story, <laughs> quote unquote but it's, oh. every, every part of that sounded so positive. Right. You turn that into a funny story, uh, a story about bonding with your brother, a story about, you know, when when your perspective on life changed for the better. That is all I heard from that story. That's amazing.
2: I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. Um, it's very life changing.
0: Life changing. Thank, thank you for sharing. And uh, and I think positivity. I think you you guys were still positive. You were cracking jokes. And yes. uh, I and I why well, they survived, I, I, right? And and survived. Like the hats off. And I think we should we should look. Uh, you know, this story. We should apply back into our life. We should be grateful and uh, be positive and I uh, yeah. think yeah thanks for sharing well really I mean, you know,
2: it doesn't always have to be a near-death experience for you to have Literally. a profound impact in your life life is hard we face challenges every single day and you get to decide how you let those hard experiences affect your direction in life you can choose you can be happy or you can be upset that's all right I'm you can choose in your business. If you want to be successful or if you're satisfied with not progressing, you know, you get to affect those things every single day.
1: Yeah, you can capitalize off of your struggles and circumstances, or you could be a victim of your struggles and circumstances. Choose one, right?
0: Agree. Yeah, it's all about awesome. perspective. alright I'm, I'm
1: pretty frazzled right now. We have to go into rapid fire. I'm going to do this. <laughs> I'm like frazzled by that story i (laughs) I know but
0: but thanks thanks for sharing uh i think it was like emotional plus like the way that you have like you know shared uh with us it's it's definitely for the listeners it's going to be impactful and now we have a rapid fire round today you're Uh gonna have rapid fire round with one and only shreya i hope you're gonna survive this round. it's it's definitely going to be the toughest i'm just kidding it's gonna be great and if you win this after that story (laughs) yeah And if you win this rapid fire round, we have this amazing. I was like, okay, it's it's a cute a uh, gift basket oh, yeah. for you. Uh, if if you survive, if you win, and did we you really want you to win. It, did you call it cute? You call it's it cute.
1: cute. It is. Cute. I think it's.
0: I think it's cute. What do you think, Dustin? <laughs> that looks really cute. It's darling. <laughs> it's darling. <laughs> I love it. It's my darling.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. So
1: I will go ahead and start the rapid fire with your first question. What is one word that describes leadership to you, Dustin?
2: Leadership influence.
1: Awesome. What is the best advice you've ever gotten?
0: Smile. Love it.
1: Smile. What is the worst advice you've ever gotten?
0: Oh, boy.
2: I should reverse that on you. What's the worst advice you've ever gotten?
0: You, can't, you can't do that, Dustin. You can't I do can't, that. I just did. That's he's cheating. Smart. Um, he's, he's, he's smart. You know, like you can't do that, Dustin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come on, you got this. Just think oh, of one.
2: Advice. Um, that's a tough one. I don't dwell on any of the worst advice. So the worst advice is don't accept bad advice.
1: Worst okay. advice is don't accept bad advice. It took me a second.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> what do you do for fun? Uh,
2: I like adventure activities. So anything in the mountains, I love uh, fast vehicles, uh, uh, camping, hiking, you name it. Just something where there's adventure involved.
1: We can tell by your story from mm-hmm. earlier. Quite um, no, <laughs> the adventure. <laughs>
2: that I talked about a... kid brain. I still have kid brain. I love just getting out and being adventurous. Love That's it.
1: great. Work hard, play hard. Yep. What has been the most influential book in your life?
2: You know, Wyatt introduced me to the book Good to Great. And I've reviewed and read that book many times. And it's great for business, but it's also great for your personal life and setting goals and how you uh how you drive your life.
1: That's awesome. That's he did great. I think he won. And
0: that was the other day. that's it you just answered the
1: questions one you almost did not answer so
0: (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna still give you this no i'm just kidding you 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 answered pretty well congratulations dustin you win this gift basket on our show congratulations again
2: amazing thank you
0: awesome all right it's time to wrap up and uh thank you thank you for the listeners tuning in or watching to bond for the trades a home service podcast and watch out for our next uh, guest uh, coming next week. You'll be excited. Andrea, you want to add uh, for the listeners?
1: Yeah, I want to add one thing just to finish. Is Dustin, if somebody wanted to get in contact with any hour to take a tour, who should they contact?
2: That's really easy. Uh, you actually contact me directly. I'm going to give you my cell phone. Is that all right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: All right. You'll reach me directly at area code 801 787 three five four six and i would encourage you to call us you know i I believe people should invest in themselves Uh, listening to this podcast that's an investment in yourself Uh, reaching out to people that can influence your business in any way so we've got 23 locations around the country maybe utah's a little ways away from you that's okay call me directly and we'll line you up to see any of the locations we've got Um, just yeah invest in yourself in any way you can uh, through podcasts, uh, events that you can attend, um, visiting other businesses, whatever it may be.
1: Thanks so much. That's a Thank great you. service to the listeners right there. Absolutely. And I can't wait for my tour. Absolutely. When are like, you coming? I was trying to get me to commit on the call.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do Q3, it. Q3, Q4. and yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the Mendy. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Thank you. Thank you again, Dustin, for coming on our show. We are honored to have you. Thank you again. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me.